Hello, this is Rich from the Metal Cell Podcast. It's an absolute honor to welcome Carlo Bellotti of Wormhole Debt Records, Epitronic. Carlo Bellotti Publishing. How are you, man? Uh, hello. Hi, everybody. I'm good. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you've done so much for the metal scene, man, and the community. It's a real buzz. I was looking forward to this all day. And of course, I have my co-host there as well, Evan. Thanks for joining us, Ev. Anytime, buddy. Anytime. Hello, man. So um, get, we'll, uh, we'll be able to have some good conversations as well, because Evan is currently in a band called Worn Out, and they've just released a brand new EP as well. They've it on vinyl. It'd be nice to have a, a good conversation about a lot of the industry that you're involved in, man. Yeah, but I, know, I, I know the band, Worn Out. Of course I know them. Oh, that's Sick. cool. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I mean, I've, I've got plenty of emails from you for the last two years, man. It's been great. You're really active. Um, with emails in relation to publicizing bands and promoting them. And, and, and it was just absolutely fantastic to see you sign Farn Wolf and the Risen Dread as well from Ireland to be on your record label. Yeah, yeah. I love, uh, I love Ireland and I love uh, Irish bands and I love Irish people and everything. So... <laughs> That's great uh, to hear. Yeah, absolutely. I've been to I've been to Dublin so many times, and I and I have to tell you the truth. My partner is Irish as well. No way. <laughs> yes, from from uh, from Dublin. Man, I can see cool. the connection. You're you're going to have to love Ireland, or you're you are in trouble. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love Ireland, and uh, yeah, I mean, foreign war, foreign war, and. Uh, and the guys are two amazing bands. I mean, in the end, uh, uh, the Irish, the Irish metal bands are getting better and better. I get mm-hmm. so many, I get so many submissions from Ireland, and uh, the quality of the of the Irish bands is growing incredibly, and uh, it has grown incredibly during the last few years. So. They are getting better and better. So hopefully we will sign more and more Irish bands in the future. Man, that's great to hear. I mean, we've been flying the flag for the Irish scene on this podcast for two, three years now, and we're all of the same opinion. Do you think, Carlo, is it just because um, we are in Ireland that the Irish bands don't get as much, I suppose, traction in Europe? Oh, well, uh, in the end, uh, if you look at the biggest rock bands, like U2, for instance. I mean, they are Irish. So I think, I think that the possibilities of being so well connected with England are there for the Irish bands. Uh, what I think is that, uh, there, I mean, there is a lack of uh, probably, uh, the, the, scene, the scene is not that big in Ireland. You know, the scene is very small. And... Uh, I don't know. I don't know famous producers or famous studios, for instance, because if you look at Italy, a lot of the bigger bands from Italy always produced albums in that big studio, you know, which uh, which uh, uh, the other bands follow them, and so they get good records and they get signed as well. So the scene grows and grows because of the good producers and the good labels. Instead. Uh, uh, Ireland is very 
so small. I mean, in the end, uh, and uh, we we had another band from Ireland signed. I don't want to say the name now because they are not signed to to Wormwood that anymore and longer. But they signed to a management. They signed to an Irish management, and the Irish management said, "Ah, no, no, we don't need the label. Just <laughs> just work with us, and uh, we are okay. Okay, but what is?" I mean, you are a management, then the band is going to need the label as well. Why the hell did you tell them to, to drop the label? I mean, so, yeah. uh, I don't know. There is a lack of a proper scene, but mostly, I think, of uh, a proper amount of professional that can help the band. You know, mm. producers, proper yeah. monitors, labels, and so on. There, There is a, a good... Uh, amount of uh, webzines uh, and uh, a few radio shows uh, like you guys for instance but uh, it should be it should be it should be more when it comes to professionals you know yeah I, I definitely agree with that I think as well <coughs> that there's you know there's some I guess you could call them benefits with being such a small island that like there's a lot of Irish bands but because it's so small, like the ones that are really good will start rising to the top. You know, like they, they're forcing themselves up. And when they get to that higher level, you know, there's that self-management thing where there's a lot of DIY things done. Because as you're saying, there isn't as much um, things for us to do here. Like heavy music in general in Ireland is, well, even when we come to uh, grants and stuff by the government, it's so incredibly underfunded. You know, it's yeah. like a lot of bands now have gotten to the stage that they just don't bother their arse trying to get funding or anything like that. But yeah. it, in saying that, there's a lot of now like self-managed bands and releasing things themselves, but the quality level, because, you know, there is a there's a standard. Anyone can release something, but I think a lot of bands are with or without a label when they're doing it themselves. They're still for a lot of bands that have kind of passed a certain mark. They're still going to have the best quality, everything from videos to recordings to you know they 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 know that that they have to do that extra bit because Ireland's so small, and that's why you'll see a lot more bands from Ireland going outside of Ireland sooner than you would say like bands in the UK, for example, where they can realistically do a few decent sized tours of the UK every year. But here there's, you know, you, you might get four, maybe five days would be like in a row would be kind of the longest you can get just because there's not many people that would go out on a Tuesday or you yeah. get somewhere like, Belfast on a Wednesday, Dublin on a Thursday, Limerick on a Friday, Cork on a Saturday, and that that would work. Or you know, moving a day ahead if the siege is on. But yeah, I think I think it's just because we are so small, we're kind of forced to fend for ourselves, which has its benefits, I guess. But it's always great to get more support because not a lot of bands get it, you know. I totally agree with you. Uh, the quality of the bands is very good, and the music is very good. The problem, as, as I said before, and as you confirmed, 
is the lack of professionals that can push those bands to the next level, you know? Because mm. there is a lot of very good bands on a very unknown level, you know? And then, as you said, there are some bigger bands that uh, are, doing, are doing very well, but they are forced to leave Ireland and to sign maybe to an uh, Austrian or German or Italian label because they yeah. don't find any label in Ireland. They it's don't the same find with booking agents as well. Exactly. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah that's, that's the problem of Ireland, in my opinion. That's my opinion. Because uh, with more professional, like for instance, uh, U2 had in the past with an amazing producer and an amazing label, then you can become the biggest band in the world, even if you come from Ireland. So look at Cranberries as well. I mean, Obviously, I'm not mentioning metal bands because I'm talking about the big band. Mm. But uh, you, can, you can make it if you are from Ireland. The problem is that you have to move out to find the right professional. And that's a shame because the quality of the Irish people, it's amazing. I mean, I, I love, as I said, I love the Irish people and uh, uh, I love the attitude and I love the way they, they are so nice and understanding i just would like to see more professionals in ireland more labels mm. more agents uh, more uh, good studios more producers and uh, and you would see that there would be more big bands that that's that's that i promise you yeah what's life like and the music scene in italy at the moment carlo are you starting to come back oh uh, in italy i'm, I'm getting I mean, after a period where everybody was playing, everybody really, you could shake a bush and get a, a rock band, you know, out of, out of a bush. Now, uh, with this crisis and with the problem, with, with the economical crisis, with the political crisis, etc., a lot of people struggle mm. with the financial situation, money, etc. So there was a big and very severe and hard selection on the on the people that uh, remained in the music business and in the music industry and the quality is going up again okay in fact uh, we have been like uh, 10 years that we didn't sign an italian band and now we signed a couple of italian bands because mm. the the quality is rising again and uh, the people are getting better and better you know Mm. But we are still very, very far from Scandinavia, Germany, and those places. Yeah. I mean, we mainly sign Scandinavian bands because <laughs> those people, yeah, those people have metal in in their blood. In their blood, yeah. Yeah, and also it's funny because when I when I sit with uh, with uh, an Italian band, they are like, "Yes, Carlo, tell us what you're gonna do for us." When I sit with this, when I sit to the table with a Swedish band, the first thing they're gonna tell me is, like, Carlo, tell us what we have to do to kick ass, you know. So it's completely the wrong, mm. uh, so it's completely the opposite approach. Sorry. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because they want to do, they want to work, they want to succeed, and they are humble, you know. The Italian men didn't have this. And that was a big problem in the past. But now they are changing. Mm. Now they are changing. They are getting more similar to the European bands and uh, American bands. So the Italians uh, are doing 
doing well now. But I yeah. can't mention I can't mention any big band if there, we only have you know like Una Coil, we only have Rhapsody of Fire, uh, and I can't recall any. What was that Italian rock band that won the, the Eurovision? Ah, yeah, Maneskin. Maneskin it's uh, it's it's a great uh, it's a great band. I really like them, but it's a major production. So that that's Sony Music. That's not underground at all. Mm, yeah, because I was over in Rome there um, in September. I was over there for four nights, man. I loved the spot. And the only, there was live music, but the scene to me, in my opinion, it seemed was just full of indie bands more than metal bands. I think a lot of places you really have to look for the metal, though. This this is the thing about it. It's never going to, it's quite rare you just be, walking through a street like a main street and seeing some well i mean like it's a city evan like i mean for the four nights i was over there man there was plenty of gigs on live music was back when it was just predominantly indie bands everywhere yeah indie rock is huge in italy yeah to fill the rooms for sure yeah yeah we get so many we we get so many albums uh, on epitronic because Epitronic is doing a lot of indie rock releases, and uh, ah, we get okay. quite, yeah, we get quite a lot of uh, submissions from indie rock bands. Some are good, some are not, but uh, the average quality on indie rock is quite high, quite good. Yeah. So, I mean, at yeah. the moment, you've probably come through the most challenging part. I suppose you've been in the business for how long, Carlo? Nineteen ninety. Wow. So, I mean, would you, would you say that the last, years, like... last few years has been the hardest? Not for us. Not for us because uh, we have, uh, we have the, the agencies. We have the agencies. We press uh, CDs. We press, we press merchandise. We press vinyls. Uh, we do videos, uh, etc. So all the bands are not touring right now. So they all came to us to ask us uh, if you could press a uh, thousand CDs, if we could press vinyls, if we could do videos, etc., uh, etc. Et so uh, because of these uh, business to client agencies, uh, our company is closing the year with uh, one of, I mean, the biggest, the biggest gross income we ever did. Uh, this year we, we're going to close with a half million euro gross income which is quite a lot of money for such a small company yeah. like we are. Yeah. But the label obviously is struggling because uh, the bands are not playing live. And uh, if we don't play live, we don't sell CDs. Hmm. The digital thing, it's big, but uh, it's big in a way that we have a huge catalog. Also because we have the publishing division, you know, so we also have a lot of publishing releases. And that's huge for us, but not for the bands, because the bands, unfortunately, don't make... I mean, there are some bands that have done 30, <laughs> 30 million streams, but that, that's one of uh, one out of 100, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. All the others are struggling because they don't play live, and uh, this lack of concerts is obviously damaging very badly and deeply the label activities. Mm. Even if you are quite lucky, we are still, we are still alive. We are still doing well with the label. 
but if I had to tell you that I'm making money with a label, I would just lie to you because uh, mm. we are making money with the agencies right now. And that's, uh, that's basically the way we finance the label as well. Yeah. Yeah. And when you, when you're, say if a band is contacting you or you find a band, what is it, as you were saying earlier, you know, where some bands would come being like, what can you offer us? And other bands would come being, what can we do for you? What is it that you expect to do for bands? And in, at the same time, what are you expecting bands to do for you in, to keep the relationship healthy? Well, to keep the relationship healthy, relationship healthy, first of all, they have to tell me everything. Because uh, we're gonna work when we when we sign a contract, we it's like we enter uh, it's like we enter a blast storm of work because there is so much to do whenever we have whenever we have to release an album that uh, <laughs> we don't even have the time to think or to cry sometimes. So it's just all go. Yeah, we, we just have to go. Just have to go and work and work and work. So on a on a side they have to be very effective, accurate and precise. And on the other side, on the other hand, they have to be very sincere and honest in terms of if they are not happy with something, if they want to change something in the in the uh, planning in the approach in the campaign uh, in the concept that we want to use to promote the band and also if they are not happy with things you know because i don't want the bands to shut up and then uh, they swallow 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 we keep going like trains except and something after... they don't actually want yeah exactly exactly mm -hmm. so that's uh, that's what i expect from the band to work very hard to be accurate, to be very precise, be honest as well in the bad and in the good situation. So being honest, it's something that uh, we provide to the bands, we offer to the bands and we want from them as well. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Which we'll say a band that has maybe two or three releases behind them with another label and they come on to your label, what could you offer them? Like, does it kind of depend solely on distribution for maybe if they want to get into, we'll say America for their album or what kind of distribution deals are, does it depend on the band or how do you approach say an established band looking to be signed up by E? There is no standard deal. We have to check everything and we have to see the, the, the status of the band. We have to see the previews sales uh, yes okay I, I, I can even i can even spend uh, 500,000 euro if i want on a band mm. but uh, i have to see the previous sales that are probably 2 or 3 millions if i have to spend uh, 500,000 if you know what i mean so okay in the end uh, everything is related to everything is related to the status of the band if it's a small band we can offer uh uh, a very good uh, deal with the worldwide distribution and the worldwide promotion. 
what is different is the budget. For instance, I can't pay you the studio budget, for instance. Uh, if you're a new band, I don't know how much uh, you sold before. I can't pay you the studio or I can't pay big advertisement budget because uh, I'm not sure I'm going to get it back, you know? Okay. Instead, if I see, if, if a band is so professional to send me, for instance, the previous statements to show me, look, this is what we have done so far. We couldn't even act as a bank. I could, I could go to my, my publishers and ask uh, for a couple of millions if I want, mm. but it has to be worth it, obviously. So as we say in the business, numbers have to match. Okay. <laughs> so the numbers have to match in, in every situation. So if you are status 10, we're going to offer 10. Mm. Probably 15. Probably 15. But we cannot offer 100, if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but uh, the, the basic, the, I mean, the, the basic deal, which is not really basic compared to what the others offer, it's very good because you get the album distributed worldwide. In every bloody country, we have a distributor, and uh, we press still we press the physical copies that uh, a lot of labels have just abandoned and left behind. Are uh, you focusing a lot on vinyl? Because um, I know a lot of places labels are kind of <clears throat> limiting the amount of CDs because they're just not where they were whereas vinyl although it is more expensive that seems to be where people are focusing more on and in saying that would you agree to print one band's vinyl but not another because of what you were saying as in you know if they maybe a status of a band or, or previous sales is it because obviously printing vinyls is much more of a risk than printing CDs just from price-wise? Uh, as a label, we are more specializing into CDs, to be honest. We are not really specializing into special editions with colored vinyls and, uh, and box sets and so on, because we prefer to print bigger amounts of copies and send them out for promotion instead of spending a lot of money to have a, 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 a batch of jewels if you know what I mean. Mm. So I'd rather have 3,000 pieces of plastic <laughs> if this is going to help the promotion instead yeah. of having 500 jewels that I can sell for 25 euros. Mm. Also, the vinyl is growing when it comes to the pressing plant <clears throat> and when, it's when it comes to the pressing numbers, but I'm not really sure that it's growing when it comes to the, to the sales because the vinyl is a format that now is bought by diehard fans of the bands. So if you are a big band, then you're going to sell a lot of vinyl, of course. But if you are a small band, I'm really not sure you're going to spend, you're going to sell a lot of vinyl, to be honest. Mm. It, it, it's probably much better if you have a lot of CDs out, uh, distributed and, and, and for promotion. Also because the radios love to get the physical copies, you know. Yeah. The, the radios, the, the magazines, and so on. So I, I'd rather have 3,000 pieces of plastic than uh, 500 uh, pieces of vinyl, if you know what I mean. I mean, how much did you get printed, Ev? Are you able to tell us? A bit worn out? Uh, yeah, we got 100, and uh, we have very little left. 
seeing a, and where was it? The gig we had on Saturday was actually the first um, show that we actually had them, you know, when the EP was actually out. So uh, a few days ago was the first time we actually got to sell them at gigs. Um, so everything has just been online sales. Uh, I don't know if with the two gigs that we have in March, I don't know if we'll have many, if not any left after those. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people, there's something that, like, I know people that don't own record players and it, it's such um, a collector's thing that they're just, they just love it. Like, you know, again, it's, it's having that, because some people have as close to getting a vinyl player as they do a CD player in their house. Do you know what I mean? Some people don't literally don't have either. Um, mm. Whereas, you know, that's obviously where streaming would come in. Everything's yeah, but like Bluetooth metal connected. fans in general just love to have a physical copy of something. Yeah, and that's why I think as well, vinyl is was actually easier to sell for for us than like we we didn't even look at CDs to be honest. We just because again, like you were saying, we knew they'd just be sitting there, and we knew we we were very confident that we could shift the vinyl, and we're we nearly have them all gone now at this stage. I'd love to know the amount of people that actually own, that are going to play it <laughs> and just people that want to collect it, you know? They, I don't know what the difference between it is. Yeah, but that, that's, you know, that's because you knew you had a fan base ready to buy the vinyl because Worn Out, Worn Out has a fan base already. But mm. think of a band that is just starting and, he has, and they have created a fan base. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course. No, I, really, I definitely get what you're saying there. Really not handy for promotion, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Very expensive to print, very expensive to ship, and then uh, the journalist and the the radio station probably don't even have a record player. If you know what I mean? So, of course, yeah, yeah, a CD player. Yes, it's a good point. Yeah, so it's much better for for a band like you guys pressing one hundred vinyls. It's a good idea because you have a fan base. But mm. for a band that is just starting, it's much better to print more and more CDs. So we can send them. We can send them out for promotion, for presence into catalogs, into mail orders, into distributors, into for, for pro. CD is not really something that we want to sell. CD is much more a promotional item. It's yeah. a marketing tool. So that's why we still press CDs, mm. and we press quite a lot of CDs for every for every release. Because uh, of my of what I said, yeah. But if you are if you are a do-it-yourself band with a following, with a with a fan base, etc., of course you're gonna sell 100 copies of your vinyl. You said 100, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100. It's a it's a totally decent number, and uh, because you have a fan base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, is would you ever notice like when we're saying again? Do you know when we're like? Um, brand new band that has no fan base and then you're getting a band that does have a fan base when they are coming to you would you notice obviously it's depends on the bands would you notice even different attitudes from both one being more confident being like we want x y and z whereas the new band are would would you find they'd be more willing to just go along with whatever, especially if they haven't released anything yet, that they're more inclined to 
just kind of soak it in and try do what they can compared to a band that have done it maybe themselves or in a previous label that are coming in being like, we want this, this and this, you know? Well, uh, it's actually the opposite. The bigger they are, the more humble they are. Mm. And the smaller, the smaller they are, the more demanding they are. I find that insane. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you get that in Ireland. <laughs> I think it's like the opposite. Like the, like I understand. Like you know, when I'm, I, you know, I understand humbleness. Like I'm not saying does anyone come in being like, but you know, just knowing who they are, knowing what they what they want to put out. Like you were saying, if they're they're coming with previous sales and things like this. Just, you know, having that kind of confidence and being like, this is what we can do. And we've, this is what we can do on our own. This is what we need from you to bring us to the level that we want to go to. It's just a different approach. I mean, when, 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 a, band, uh, when a band has uh, seven albums and uh, a couple of, uh, couple of uh, uh, let's say, 20,000 records sold already, we, we talk more like a business to business. Yeah. Mm-hmm negotiation and partnership when a band is starting we need to explain them a lot of things because a lot of bands have a diff- have a wrong idea of, of what, what a label is, is yeah. and what a label is you know 100%. Mm. So but i think as well carlo the modern bands the new bands that are coming in have overall a better idea of what they want to the sound and what the quality of sound is like whereas bands of my age were rolling in with shit fucking sounding demos and was hoping to get signed up. They have access to way better equipment now as well, obviously, but that was at a time where a label would actually pay for a massive studio. Like black metal bands and extreme metal bands. Jesus Christ. You couldn't put some of that stuff out, man. It sounds terrible. Yeah, because nowadays the bands do quite a lot of the production and the recording and the tracking and the songwriting alone. So Mm. they they are more they have more control on the product and don't forget that the young people are very good with computers yes software yeah. so if they have a little bit of uh, musical skills and very good ideas then they have a computer and they are good with a computer they are good with a music software they can really go in a studio and just mix the mm. album and uh, have a proper product you know yeah. Instead of, uh, in the past, we had to go to a studio, analog recording, the tapes, uh, yeah. 300 euro per tape, and uh, one tape was uh, just 12 minutes, uh, and the studio was all analog, bloody expensive, the time was just limited, so they couldn't spend much time on the on the tracking, on the performance, uh, on the mixing, etc., so... Obviously, everything is different nowadays because a band can spend one year just recording at home and yeah. then they're going to send me an album which is going to explode into my bloody player, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. The, the album is great. Uh, maybe they just paid somebody to mix it and some big name because nowadays the digital mixing can be done uh, just mm. online and it's cheap. It as is. Well. It's a great point. Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah. You never because have to meet mix- them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The yeah. mixing guy can just mix it uh, uh, at night or during the spare time. So he's not going to charge you a shitload of money, you know? Mm. Yeah. Everything has got, everything is, is more, everything is easier nowadays. 
The problem is that there is too much offer nowadays. Yes. Differently than in the past, because in the past, uh, you just had a few bands, a few labels, a few magazines, and so on. Nowadays, it's so crowded that mm. the competition is huge. Yeah. So the quality has gone up, but somehow it also goes, it has gone down as well because everybody plays. Everybody wants to release the music on YouTube, on Spotify, and so on. And sometimes I get some demos that, oh my God. Sometimes I get some demos that I say, Jesus Christ, this band is uh, it's just amazing, you know? So the, the, the level nowadays is very good or is very bad, if you know what I mean. Yeah. The past was more level, leveled on, on the same uh, mm. kind of uh, quality, you know? Mm. I suppose because, as well as that, you could see bands a lot more easier as well. Back a few years ago, they'd be on touring cycles. Whereas nowadays, again, for the last two, three years, there's bands out there just chomping at the bit to get out and they can't tour, can't sell their T-shirts at festivals. Or I think there was a massive, um, I've always said it, that I think the, a huge turning point for music was MySpace. Like MySpace and yeah. Yeah. Pure Volume. Like this, this is going back to, again, Carlo, what you're saying about... Um, there being so much out there when, when bands had MySpace and starting to see that people all over the world can listen to them, you know, at, at any time that they can message them and start contacting and making contacts. And a lot of bands got signed from MySpace, but the initial start of MySpace, there was a lot of bands putting up really shit versions of songs. Like, you know, just recording something. That's when I think the whole, you know, you needed to have something recorded because that's when the focus on recording came. And then as bands were getting bigger, you know, and people were able to record better at home, it was a slow slog to getting to these sites, these streaming sites like Pure Volume, and then you have Bandcamp and like SoundCloud and everything coming. So, you know, to stand out, people were spending that bit extra money to, because if someone goes onto your MySpace page and you have you know, high level recordings, the chances of, um, I don't know, fucking Roadrunner <laughs> replying to one of your MySpace messages was a lot higher than if you had just yeah. some crappy little demo. So I think that was like the turning point of things starting to go up where people realized there's a lot more eyes and there's a lot more ears. So it, things will have to start coming up. Whereas before bands might not record at all, but they might have played 200 gigs a year. Do you know what I mean? It's like that's when word of mouth kind of came along. I totally agree with you. I totally miss MySpace. MySpace was such an amazing platform for music. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, people that don't know it don't even understand how powerful MySpace was for music. I mean, I, I remember the Wormel Dead player and 800,000 bloody views yeah. on the, on the Wormel Dead player, on the MySpace player. All the bands had minimum 100,000 plays. Yeah. Minimum. Now, if you look at the bloody Spotify, I don't know, 3,000, 4,000. And you're yeah, rare, it'll, and you're it'll all come down to if you get on the right playlist or like editorial playlists yeah, yeah. for Spotify are massive. And then you're getting scammers 
this is the other thing. Like as things grow, you're getting guys that are going to take advantage of it. So you have like ads that will come up on Facebook being like, we will get your songs on um, yeah. editorial, which you can't just buy onto that. That would make the editorials pretty shit after a while. But it, it's crazy just to see how 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 that has changed. Like That doesn't exist, man. That uh, Spotify promotion is just bullshit. No, no, been, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We have been struggling to find somebody honest and we never found it because mm. it doesn't exist. It's all There's, bots. It's yeah, all shit. That's, that's the thing, yeah. That's absolutely... All, all these websites, I've never even attempted to use one, but... No, no, don't do it. No, like you're even little things like if you're putting it's same with Instagram followers and stuff, they will like Instagram and Spotify and they will spot that, that this has gone on to, you know, your account gets flagged and, you know, there's there's people that want to just skip all the steps and just yeah be, yeah. be at like, you know, because Spotify can be an EPK in its sense, you know, when you're booking gigs they'll see um, monthly listeners or they'll see the amount of plays or something. And I think if someone thinks, right, if we can just get to 20 or 30,000 on one song straight away, then, you know, all this stuff will come quicker. But Yeah, there's like loads of stuff there to be considering, especially with, with the digital age we're in. Like, how do you think the music business will evolve with that, Carlo? In the future. Yeah. I think I think we will go backwards and backwards and backwards. If you see now, they uh, they are printing cassettes again. Yeah, it's a big thing. Now, and yeah. uh, and uh, I mean, we we there there will be there will be a probably probably a breakdown, and uh, the music industry will will just uh, go down into the drain, and then they will have to we will have to restart everything from scratch. Because the situation right now, it's impossible to, it's impossible to, to maintain in the way it is. Because Spotify is, uh, is just uh, paying zero 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 one per stream. Per stream, YouTube is paying zero 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 three per stream. And how how are the people making money nowadays? I mean, the shows are no more with this bloody covid and uh, and the pandemic uh how are the bands making money nowadays we well this is why you're yeah you're seeing a lot of bands over um the pandemic the last two years there was a handful of bands bigger ones you know that would have just kind of packed it in and some of them like for example god complex in the uk it was like sometime in 2020 they announced like look we're we're done we just we can't do this and it's, I think they're, but they're like, we will do one final going away gig. And that's coming up in February, like in this month, do you uh, know, like it took two years to do our final gig, do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, nobody will be able to do it in a professional way any longer because uh, there are no more, there are no ways to make money nowadays for music. Mm. The only way, the only way you have it's like uh, us having a company and uh, doing merch, printing, pressing CDs for third parties, pressing vinyls for third parties, 
doing lyric videos. We do like, I don't know, 500 lyrics videos per month. Oh. We have seven guys working. Uh, we do 70,000, 80,000 CDs per year. And we do probably the same amount of, on LPs. So there is a huge business behind the music industry, but it's just a service. It's no yeah. more product, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because the bands are not able to, send, to sell merch, sell CDs, to sell vinyls. So they print a lot for promotion, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, I mean, they don't make any money. So there will be a, there will be a point where, where it's going to be a breakdown and everything is going to, going to reset down because if they don't play live, they are not selling the stuff. They keep pressing, they keep printing, they keep, keep recording and the streaming is not paying anything. So how is it going to end? Hmm. The evolution yeah. is just going to be an involution, in my opinion. In my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I, I remember hearing a quote that blew my mind that, and it's true that the, the music industry, like with labels or anything like, like that, as well, mainly focused on labels. The music industry is the only uh, business that failing 90% of the time is a success. Like if you have one band, that's the 10% that recoups all the other bands uh, yeah, that yeah. didn't make yeah. it, then you're a success. Like with any other business, if it doesn't work 90% of the time, you're probably <laughs> going to go under. But with music, you just need that one that, that recoups everything and then you can continue on, you know? It's true because uh, if I have to be totally honest, we have like 20 bands that repay all the investment from the others. Mm. Yeah. The yeah. Others. So yeah. in the end, there are 20 ways for 20 bands that are making a lot of money and there are like, uh, I don't know, 40, 50 bands that are really struggling. So in the end, uh, it's true. It's true. Whenever you have to sign the good bands and you have to sign the bands that really have a huge potential, they have to be unique mm -hmm. nowadays because everything has been done. Everything has been to told and said already. So yeah. they have to be unique. So they have to mix up the genres in a way that is, is even impossible to think, you know? <laughs> yeah. one, of, one of the best sellers from Warble Death, it, it's a band called Shadow Dream. They play ambient jazz, you know? Jeez. So ambient and jazz together, okay. Yeah. Let me listen to it because it's pretty weird, you know? Mm. And they have ended the, the promotion of the third album with 30 million streams. No. Which zero 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 one, but it's thirty million, so it's you'll 20, get something 000. like yeah, yeah, yeah. twenty thousand euros. <laughs> it's twenty thousand euro royalties for the band, which is not that bad. Yeah. There is a lot of bands then Brewe in France have chosen not to involve themselves in Spotify at all and just are content yeah. making a career using Bandcamp and they had a really great release last year. So you know, there's there's options for bands, but to get to the next level, you'll need a record label behind you. Would you, would you agree with that? You need the you need the money. You need the connection, yeah. the connections. You need the great music. You need the great attitude. You need a lot of things, man. Yeah. Not just the label, you know, because yeah. the label is just uh, probably one of the parameters that you have to 
that you have to cover, that mm. you have to think about. But uh, you need I, the, the amazing music, the unique music stand out completely. Mm. Then you need uh, some Management. money to invest. Because the, if you don't come to me with an amazing master recording, and uh, I can't base my offer on previous sales, then I'm not going to sign you. Yeah. Then the connections, which I can provide, for instance, but also you need to be an entrepreneur. You need to be somebody that is selling yourself, yourself so well with me. Yeah. So those are the things that you really need. Also, also perseverance because uh, you fail, you fail, you fail, and then you win at the end, you know? So yeah. in the end, it's, it's so much that you need to make it as a job in music that it's become almost impossible for 95% of the people, you know? Yeah. So what are the things that made you most proud, Carlo, in your own career so far? Because, I mean, you obviously are in a position now where you really enjoy and uh, your love of music obviously has, has got you there. But again, through, as you said, perseverance. So what are the proud moments or the moments that stand out for you? For me, the best feeling is when I understand that facts, facts count way more than words. Let me explain you. People talk, people talk, you know? Mm. When you are in the eye of the storm, you have a lot of people that say good things about you and you have a lot of people that say bad things about you. Mm. So you are always floating into, into, this, uh, into this gray area, you know, where you don't know if you're doing well or if you're doing wrong because there is somebody that tells you, yeah, Wormwell, that is the best label in the world. And then there is another one, ah, no, no, I don't like it. And then you don't know which one is right. Mm. And then in the end, you understand that you keep going, you keep going your way and you don't look at others. You don't, you don't listen to what they say and the facts. So the, the truth is always uh, what uh, makes you win and makes you stay there instead yeah. of disappearing because I've been there since 1990. Yeah. So I know, and I'm always growing, always growing constantly. And I know that every uh, that everybody that said that I was wrong was wrong actually. Yeah. So this was this was the biggest ach achievement for me, being there for more than thirty years, never being forced to change my job because I did the big mistakes, never had to never had to. Obviously, I, I had to say sorry many times. <laughs> we commit mistakes. We commit mistakes. Uh, like, Could you imagine uh, I mean, that? I've never apologized. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but in the end, in the end, <laughs> I know I was right because I'm still here. Yes. You know? And yeah. I didn't change. Mm. Obviously, I changed a lot under a personal point of view of growth. I'm a grown-up man now. I'm no more the kid that was uh, so, like, uh, enthusiastic about producing music, producing bands, etc. you know? Mm. Uh, because you have to deal with people, and people are not always uh, amazing, if you know what I mean. So oh, I absolutely end, uh, know what you mean. Oh, <laughs> Some people are fucking assholes. Like. 
and uh, and in the end uh, in the end uh, the facts are just what uh, count what i have done all the productions all the uh, i got the albums in the charts i got uh, certified gold i got uh, so many tours for my bands with big bands and so mm. on that i could i could not, i don't want to sound like an inflated balloon so i'm not, not going <laughs> to list everything i've done but, but just uh, the longevity in the career incredible yeah, yeah. exactly exactly it's, Fair it's, play, man. Yeah, constant yeah. growth the constant growth that makes you think that makes you think that the, that you are going the right towards the right direction yeah. and that's my biggest ach- achievement mm. the fact that i have never gone the wrong direction and the fact that I've never fucked up my career in any way. Obviously, I had to say sorry. I have committed mistakes. But in the end, uh, it was always in good faith. Yeah. So we yeah. fix it with people that understand, the people understanding, etc. cetera. Mm. Uh, and so also, what, what projects now um, are you excited about that are coming up for Wormhole well, Debt or and, uh, maybe your publishing company or Epitronic? Well, right now, I mean, we have uh, we have uh, spent those two years uh, uh, working so hard with the agencies, and we made quite a lot of uh, very very good funds that we can invest. In. So the funny thing is going to be investing those money in the future and uh, creating new projects, uh, working with the working with the right people and trying to push them. Uh, in a moment where nobody's pushing, mm. investing in a moment that nobody's investing, and trying yeah. to and try to go against the stream, if you know what I mean, and trying to become uh, somehow pioneer again of uh, somehow a concept, a label concept, somehow a, a music production style. Also, because I do some. I, I spend some time in the studio with the bands as well when I can. Yeah. So I give them a lot of advice. I give a lot of, uh, and sometimes we create things that are just insane. I remember when we created the Opera Core thing. I mean, this was, there was this band called Chrysalis. They played uh, the, the singer is a proper singer, Opera Core singer. Uh, sorry, Opera Core is a prop, it's a proper opera singer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we decided to tune the guitars down to use these uh, triggering on drums, uh, make them plastic, then uh, make them sound like a deathcore album with these extreme opera lyrics. And when I listened to it, I said, this is fucking opera core. <laughs> and the guys asked me, Carlo, what is opera core? And I said, I don't know. I just invented it. <laughs> <laughs> and, now it's, and now it's a fucking music genre. The bands send me the, band send me the music and say, Carlo, we want to sign on your opera core division because we play opera core. Check it out. And they sound <laughs> like my opera core bands because in the end, we started with one, Chrysalis. And then we signed another one, and then we signed another one, and then another one. And now it's a fucking music genre. And uh, I get submissions from bands that tell me, Carlo, this is Opera Core. Can you please check it out and see if it's good for the Wormhole that Opera Core? Jesus Christ, that's bizarre. <laughs> and now, now the, the first singer, the first singer in the Opera Core thing, Yara, she's the singer of Therion right now. So 
Oh, okay, cool. In, in the end, she did. She did. They made eight hundred thousand views on the video, and everybody was like, "This is shit. This is amazing. This is the best thing I heard. This is the most shitty album I heard." Because the secret is zero or ten. Mm. If it's five, five plus, six minus, it's just average. Yeah, you yeah. need to touch the people so deeply that they hate you. Or love you, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> that, that band was uh, that band. Uh, I mean, that's one of the things I've done in my life, but I've done so many like this because I'm I'm fucking insane when it comes to creativity and uh, marketing and music, you know. Mm. So in the end, uh, in the end, uh, this was this was another achievement for me. Invented a new genre that uh, because the bands were all playing the same way with this heavy metal with the uh, a nuclear blast heavy metal style with the opera singer and they sounded all the same and i said why don't we tune the guitars down like a fucking like a fucking jank band why don't we trigger the drums into plastic death core stuff Jesus. why don't we make the the bass like a fucking earthquake and why don't we make the keyboards so happy so epic to the apocalyptic level and they were like uh, okay carlo you, you i think you know what you are doing i don't know <laughs> and when we did this album check it out chrysalis it's called yeah. the awakening of gaia 10 years ago we are still fucking selling the record and Jesus. the band split up that's, 10 years ago because Gaia that's is a good sign now. there <laughs> do you remember carlo when celtic frost brought out into the pandemonium yeah, yeah, of course. There's a there's a brilliant example there of using opera singers and big orchestras as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you when you have the the musical skill, you should you should use them in an insane way. You you don't have to do the standard things mm. to please the market, to please the label. You have to go when you are an artist. You have to go against everybody, you know, mm. against the rules, against the market, against the stream against everything and then you can succeed otherwise if you please the market if you please the label etc etc it's not gonna fucking work yeah i think a lot you of know? bands fall into that trap you're spot on yeah so what exactly. you're saying is if a band's working with you not to please you at all and just make life extremely hard for you <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, i am I, I have enough experience to understand if they are doing well or if they are doing crap you know mm. so if they don't please me but they are doing something amazing i'm like okay let's try let's try because this is insane if it's insane in a bad way, I have to tell them and say, look, guys, this is just crap, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you've given us some fantastic insights. Is there any other things there, Carlo, you want to impart your wisdom to new bands who may be watching this? As I said, you have to create something unique. Mm. You have to create something unique and uh, you have to go against uh, everybody and everything. It's a war. When when uh, when I started playing, I was a kid in 1992, and I was in a black metal band, the first Italian black metal band after Mortuary Drape. There was <laughs> Necromast, and uh, it for me it was just fucking punk, you know. Mm. It was uh, it was a war against society, against the against the rules, and when 
And this thing returns all the time with Sex Pistols, with the Beatles, with Rolling Stones, etc., etc. Meshuga, I could, ex- could tell you so many extreme bands that have gone against everything, you know? And uh, that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. When you do that, you will see that you're not going to even look for a label. They will look for you. Mm. You know? Yeah. So yeah. in the end, uh, and you don't even have to look for the money because you will find the money if you do something unique and amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's my suggestion. Yeah. Also be humble. Be totally humble. When a professional is giving you the opportunity, don't go there like an inflated balloon because it's not going to work. When a professional is giving you the opportunity, trust me, it's the opportunity mm. because the professionals don't waste time with crap, you know? Our guys fucking turning up drunk or, you know. Yeah, also, yeah. Things. Unfortunately, yeah, there are those kind of things in music mm. because musicians are people, you know? Yeah, they drink, they get drunk, they destroy the hotel room and and such <laughs> yeah, things, you know. And that, that's rock and roll up. times are fucking dead, man. Yeah. No one, <laughs> no one wants to be yeah. putting up with that fucking shit as well. Like, no, you need to be an entrepreneur right now, and you need to do something unique, which is a product, a, a unique product, and be able to sell it the best possible way. And mm. that's how it works nowadays. Yeah, yeah. If no you want to be strong. So, Carlo, listen, thanks for coming on the show. And I'm, I'm hoping that many of the listeners here will check out Wormhole Death uh, Records. And uh, it's great to forge a relationship with you as well. And hopefully you might check out some more Irish bands that will be releasing albums actually this year and be it EPs or singles as well. And uh, it's good to have you on the show, man. Guys, I really like you and I respect you. So whenever you have a good band... I like you too, man. <laughs> <laughs> I respect you thanks too. A lot, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. It's a mutual thing. No, what I wanted to say is whenever you see a good band and you see that this band should be should be taken in consideration, I mean, I'm talking about Irish bands, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about even other, other any other bands, I will always take it in consideration because it's coming from you. So just send them over and yeah. who knows? Yeah. Exactly, man. That's that's great to hear. So yep, again, Carlo, thanks a million. Support your local metal scene crucially. Thanks, Evan, as well. No problem, bud.